the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is Pastor Joe Sutton coming again again on Saturday. Uh, Man, you know... (laughs) The last couple winters, we got spoiled, man. We didn't we didn't know what a below zero looked like. Well, we got it all back these last two weeks. <laughs> we got it all back. I'd be scared, man. My 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 transmission fluid was all frozen. That car wouldn't even go in gear. I had to let it sit and warm up for a while, you know. So now we back to being true Minnesotans. Uh, even snowed in my even Tallahassee, Florida, made the news. That snow going down there. My daughter was on her way back to college there and she was scared she wasn't going to be able to get nowhere because they were shutting the city down because it was it didn't even stick but they were shutting the city down because it was snowing they were they were happy down there make all the global warming folks go hiding for a little while you know what i mean just a little while they'll they'll be back you know the sunshine will be back because you know that 50 degree weather in november was kind of good too that you know one thing you just can't track god you think you got him figured out you think you didn't looked at his patterns and then you come up with El Nino, Mununo and all kind of effects you got to come up with to justify what God is. You know, I'm in the studio today, uh, as always, when a good friend of mine and family member Steve Fitzhugh is in town, I like to grab hold to him and, and, uh, and, and bring him on the show. You know, Steve, you heard my show before, you know, Steve is, uh, you know, the motivational speaker, one of the best youth speakers out there. Uh, you know, but does more than you speaking, does corporate speaking. Uh, what's your title with the NFL? I am a certified NFL transition coach. Transition coach. Yeah, he's an unemployment director. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so if he ain't handing out no checks, he's just handing out benefits, right? But, uh, but you know, he helps helps players transition and uh, and does that. And, uh, you know, and, and so just a lot going on and, and, you know, and he's been in youth ministry for a while and, and I, I had a, had a question for him and, uh, this is a question I, that's, I've been pondering lately, man, cause as I've been looking on, uh, you know, sometimes I get Facebook requests. I don't do Instagram or Twitter or nothing like that. You know, I'm not that advanced. I know you probably do. I, I, Facebook was enough for me and I, I, I went out there this morning. I hadn't been out there in two weeks. I, I, so I'm not even that hippo on anything, but but I get friend requests sometimes from former students, right? You know, athletes or students, and they say, you know, and I had to be careful who I say yes to, because <laughs> they, you know, some of them post some stuff, you know. what I mean, but sometimes I go out there and check on them, 
And uh, and I came up with this question for another pastor friend of mine. I said, I said, why does our prosperity cost us our children? Why does our prosperity cost us our children? And so I always try to keep it biblical. And I and I was asking God this question, you know, and I asked God this question even before I had children, because I noticed when I was doing youth ministry that that some of the kids that I envied, right, they, they had like Christian parents and nice homes and, you know, and, and, and it seemed like it was all together. And they were out there doing, you know, just doing the do, you know, really, you know, really couldn't find out they were just repeating the sins of their parents. But, but the parents were trying to get them a good environment and had, had made these decisions and were prosperous. And they went to nice churches, were churches and everything like that. And yet they chose to, to walk away from the Lord. And, and when I was looking out on uh, the world of social media the other day, and I saw a lot of my former students and I saw a lot of them who I, cried at the altar with and seen them, you know, accept the Lord and, and they're out, uh, you know, taking pictures with, you know, bottles in their hand or participating in, and, uh, weird sexual lifestyles. And, and I'm looking at them and, you know, you always think about yourself first, like what could I have done to, you know, to head this off or alleviate this. And then, you know, I have to look no further than my own, my own door, you know, you know, out of, out of my, my, my nine children, you know, I have two and a half that's not following the Lord. Cause one of them 20 years, but I, you know, we just argue back and forth on whether he really is or whether he is it, you know, so he, I, I give him a half, but, but, you know, you know, you try to build a good home, you know, uh, provide them with things that you didn't have and get out there. And it just seems like, your prosperity uh, cost you your seed. I was reading in Judges, and, uh, you know, as I read through the Bible in a year, and I just, that, this comment always gets me. It says in Judges 2, chapter 10, after that whole generation died, the next generation grew up. This new generation did not know about the Lord or what he had done for the Israelites. So the Israelites did evil and served the false god Baal. The Lord saw the people doing this evil thing. The Lord had brought the Israelites out of Egypt and the ancestors had worshipped Egypt and the ancestors had worshipped the Lord. But the Israelites stopped following him. They began to worship the false gods of the people living around them. And that made God angry. And, and, I, and I'm like, so my, 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 my question is, you know, is like, it just seems, yeah, help me. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, just like you, uh, Pastor Joe, um, you know, I don't have to look beyond the front door of my own home. Uh, when I when I think about my, my children, um, my two, <laughs> uh, compared to your nine, but uh, just to, to realize uh, what does it take to... Uh, empower my children first and foremost to have an authentic uh, companionship with Jesus Christ and grow up uh, with a hunger and thirst for the things of the Lord. And uh, meanwhile, I am uh, pursuing um, a place 
professionally where I can provide for my family, uh, have the things that I didn't have when I was growing up. And uh, I think we lose sight of the fact that um, it has to be a daily investment, daily intentional investment in our, our children to sow the seeds that will uh, prayerfully be watered and uh, bring increase in their lives uh, as they mature and grow. And if that's not on our radar, it's easy to get caught in the trappings of of trying to pursue, pursue and accomplish and achieve and excel. And, uh, and, you know, I think, you know, when the New Testament writer says, uh, I know it is like to have a lot to abound and to be a base, and I've learned to whatever uh, situation I'm in and wherever I am, uh, there to be con- content. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are still looking for that contentment. Yeah, and I, and when you say that, I, I think of, man, I think of can, when you don't have anything, contentment can be found in many ways. I, and I posed this question to even some people who are first generation, and they were telling me how they remember, uh, you know, a couple of my, my, my students are, you know, on our track team, we have kids from all over the world. So one's from uh, Marunde and another one from Honduras, and, and they were talking about how they used to, play soccer with cans and tie some rags together and make it look like a ball and kick it around and, 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 you know, and, and, and use bamboo for a goal and they made it, you know, and they were just having fun. And you played all day long out in the hot sun. You, you didn't think about it. And he said, now you get here and you got soccer balls and fields and everything like that. And you don't even really feel like playing, you know, you just want to sit up in front of the TV on your phone and do something like that. And, and, you know, they were saying that, they do that now. I said, but back then they would do that. And it's like, and, you know, part of the reason I knew when, when I was, uh, before I came to the Lord, I really just looked at civil rights movement and the, and the great migration and the whole nine yards and, and, and what caused our urban areas like they are. And it was, you had a bunch of people who were used to living in the country who moved to the city and didn't know how to raise kids in the city. They had never been at that level before. So they could let the kids run around, but you can't let kids run around in the city because it was the slick little city boys who would use the country boys <laughs> to do some things for them. You know what I mean? Trying And they trying to fit in and parents not knowing they thinking it's all right. And I see the same thing in immigrant families. When they come here, they come here, they, they, they still use that rural mentality and they let the kids kind of run around and, and not knowing that, that, that there's, pitfalls and things like that. But if you've never been at a level before, you know, that when the Israelites moved into the promised land, they had been in the Egyptian culture. They had been, you know, in a, in a, in a oppressed state. Right. And, and so now they're in the state where their freedom, where they're, they're, they're top dog. And they never been. And even though they had the festivals and the feasts, you know, to remind them what they did about the Lord, you can obviously tell by the next generation, the, the path they took that it was more form and fashion as opposed, you know, enjoying the fruits of the land, the grapes, the honey, the milk, you know, the, you know, that was the most important thing because 
when it was all said and done, just like that movie, The Mission, when the mission was destroyed, there was a Bible and a flute. They took the flute, you know what I mean? Because that's what the the, the guy used to, to get into it was the flute and make, they made instruments. They didn't take the Bible. They took the flute. And it was like, you know, all that work that was done. And the main thing they didn't realize it was the Bible that was the main part of the work. And so the instrument he used is being like in our case, it'd be like the kids saying basketball or Bible. And they take the basketball. They walk away from it. You know what I mean? Or in my case, track or or, or Bible. And they take a track baton or something. They, you know, they, the instrument we used to reach them became more important than the actual reason of why we were trying to reach them in the first place. And we, and we, and, and I see that when we live at a level that we're not used to, we don't really know how to, you know, police, raise, motivate our kids because it's a whole different set of circumstances than what we were used to. Cause it's another level. I mean, we dreamed about college, right? But we expect, ours to go to college mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's so it's a different set of parameters of i expect you you know to, to be there as opposed to well okay you didn't go and get a good job and you know and there's no a good job or not going is failure you know what i mean so it's and, and 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 in the midst of this prosperity you know i'm watching all these kids that we lose and the and the kids that are coming to the church that are being on fire are the ones that didn't have it right like me and you we didn't have it and the kids that grew up in it that should be leading away and packing the pews they're denying that they you know they're like peter you're like I, I, me oh no i don't know that pastor you, know what I mean? <laughs> you look like him ain't you his son no 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 i'm not his son you know so so we we in the midst of our prosperity of going up a level like when the Jews got, I mean, the Hebrews got prosperous to coming up. They didn't know the Lord. Then a judge would rise up. And if you read further in judges, he would rise up and, and God would save them and deliver them. And then they would follow God for 40 years for one generation. And whenever that generation that saw the miracle passed away, then they went back to, to doing evil. And, 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 and it's like, do you keep miracles in front of them all the time? Do you, what do you do, man? Yeah, I think I think that um, my my divinity school uh, dean uh, Dean Jones always would say the greatest challenge of the gospel is to find the appropriate metaphor, <laughs> you know. And I think I think our challenge as parents and and it causes some uh, creativity. We have to find the creativity to find the appropriate metaphor. How do we bring our children to a point in their lives where uh, they are learning uh, the truths of the gospel and the faith and uh, the the uh, the pilgrimage of of believers in their own world and in their own uh, language? And I think uh, that that's a challenge for us to be able to do that. And I remember my, myself back in when I was in college, and I ran track and played football. And, and I remember in football, I I, I, I was redshirted because I I had a career, I mean, a uh, season-ending injury after three games my my uh, sophomore year, and uh, I couldn't play football. And then in track, 
the first track meet. I pulled every muscle in my lower back at the end of the first race, and I couldn't run track. And uh, every time I caught home, I was discouraged. And I said, uh, Lord, what's going on? And I think God was trying to bring me to a place where I knew what it was like to have nothing and no one but him and still have joy. <laughs> you know, and that experience uh, brought some reality in my life. How do we find an appropriate metaphor for our young people and their, our children and their lives to know what it's like to have nothing and no one but God? And it brings them joy. And we're going to talk about that after the break. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. I'm Pastor Joe Sutton. And we had Mr. Well, I don't know, Pastor Evangelist Steve Fitch in the house. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Mission Minneapolis. Throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 980 The Mission Bible teachers and ministries with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. Is again, you got it. I'm pretty appreciate. Everybody can tell when John is when John is uh, doing the show for me because <laughs> he gonna come up with he gonna come up with the with the tunes. I made a mistake of telling him I, I might go to the Parliament uh, and see George Clinton when they was at the county fair here at the state fair, and uh, he had he had all Parliament bumper music for me at that time in this cabin. He was going. He's going back on me, but uh, but yeah, today today's topic can be a bluesy topic, man. You know, what I mean, you, when you're looking at it, because uh, as you know, we're both grandfathers now. I've been a grandfather for a while, and uh, you know, I, and, and and you're a nicer granddad than me. I, I you 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 know, he be taking posting pictures on Facebook and everything like that. And I don't think I I don't even think I have a picture. You know what I mean? I just be like, I, all I care about is one thing: line up and get it right. You know what I mean? As my as my grandkids call me, uh, the mean grandpa that makes you work. You know what I mean? Because when I show up, we work, we working, man, we working. All I care about is work ethic. I, I in this day and age, it's hard to teach work ethic. You know what I mean? It's not much out there to do, especially with my grandsons. I I, I want them to be to be workers. And then I'm trying to figure out how how can I as a as a grandfather uh, pass on the importance of my faith to the importance of a of a personal relationship with Christ because, and I tell you, man, in some church circles it's hard, right? Because I give you an example. Uh, me and my son was coaching one year, and uh, he was the head coach, and I was helping him out, and uh, it came to the attention of toward the end of the season, about a week left in the season, 
my son made a mistake. He said, Dad, I mean, Coach, could you go to the car and get, you know, get some out of the car? And then the kid said, Dad, this is your dad? And I and I and I and I said, yeah, that's my son. They say, and you've been letting them tell you what to do all year. <laughs> and I said, I said, I said, in here, he the boss. Out there, I'm the boss. I said, I said, you just have to understand. He said, yeah, but you can make him do, make him, make him not let us run today. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, they were trying to get me to make, make, do something there. But but then she she asked him. She said, what? But isn't your dad a pastor? Like again, is your dad a pastor? And then she said, "Well, what's wrong with you?" You know, what I mean, you know, good coming at the coach. And he said, "Well, I, 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 I think I'm a Christian. My dad doesn't, but, but I, I think I am." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then she said, "Why your dad?" You know, she said, so I asked all these questions in between because sometimes some people settle for just. Is that you'll know them by their fruit, not whether or not they check the box that they made a confess. You know that they that they said a prayer, and I think sometimes we 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 even though we say we're conservative, we get liberal in saying who's really whose name is really written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We don't look for fruit. If we looked at fruit, we'd see that all of us need to really work a little bit harder. You know, because there there was there was just one green tree in Scripture that the owner said cut it down. And then the, the 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 gardener said, "No, no, no, no. Let me till it and fertilize it again, and give me a little time. I, I can make it produce fruit." Because it wasn't the fact that it was big and strong and had leaves; mm-hmm. it wasn't bearing any fruit. And, and I think that that I've always pushed uh, my 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 kids to bear fruit, and not just in their Christian walk, but in everything they did. If they play sports, if they school. You got to bear fruit when you they should know your name at that school for other than just, you know, attendance. You know, they should know you for something there. And but getting people to understand what is fruit is not is it, it, is getting them there to get to that point. And I'm satisfied that my most of my kids, live, they serve, you know, but I, I just see it breaks my heart, man, to see some families, you know, going through this, especially pastor, you know, minister families going through that transition time. That and they're watching their kids and grandkids go through this, you know, and it's 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 a hard it's a hard time. Yeah, and it's it's not something that, you know, when your kids get to be a, a mid or late teenager, and uh, and then you try to, <laughs> you try to uh, write the ship, you know, there has to be, you know, our, our kids have to have the opportunity to sink their teeth into what they believe and why they believe it, uh, as they're young. And uh, Alistair Begg, you know, one of my favorite, yeah. one of my favorite uh, speakers, he said uh, they had a new children's wing built at their, uh, built at their, their, their uh, church. And he said he could say to somebody, you know, look at that new children's wing. Isn't that nice? He said, but if the teachers aren't on their game and if the parents aren't on their knees, mm. uh, then uh, whatever is done there would amount to a hill of beans, <laughs> you know, yeah. unless you are teaching the children from the time they are tiny, uh, the truths of the gospel. Uh, and that's, unless that's embedded in their hearts. And like you said, giving them a chance to work it out. I think we, we let a kid accept Christ at five or six years old and they just sit in the pew and just rot. 
They don't get to do nothing. They don't get to be a leader. Now, in a small church, you have to be a leader. You know, in my church, man, I mean, I got them working the PowerPoint on the worship team, the usher and doing a small church. You get that. You know, you get a chance to flex out bigger churches. You get so used to everybody doing the work for you that you that is not even there. The Lord gave me a word one time when I was first got in the youth ministry. I was it broke my heart to see the youth in my church passing notes doing worship. And then it was notes then it's texting now. But, uh, you know, and, 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 and I said, Lord, what can we do? And and he said, this the church nor the school can resurrect what the parents put to death. Mm. You know, mm. if you set a standard, you know, of what it means and you're bearing fruit, your kids will see that and they'll know what they got to do to step up the game. But if you get to enjoying the prosperity of the prosperity of the land and enjoying your proof you found thing and spend more time with your gadgets than you do your Lord, mm-hmm. or you spend more time, you know, you know, with, with whatever you're doing, then don't be surprised for them not to know him because they're looking at you. You're the only Jesus they know. And if Jesus only gets to show up once a week for an hour, you know, at church and it's over, you know, they're not following that man. So, uh, like you said, they'll give them an opportunity to sink their teeth into it, and uh, you'll see great results. See our guys next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.